0: Brother, let me tell you, it is no fun. This is the Lifespring Family Audio Bible, and coming to you from Riverside, California, podcasting since 2004, I'm your OG Godcaster, Steve Webb. This is the daily podcast where we're reading through the entire Bible in a year. Today, our reading is Job 15 and 16, and I'm calling the episode, Unfounded accusations. Let's begin. Job chapter 15. Then Eliphaz the Temanite replied Does a wise man answer with empty counsel or fill himself with a hot east wind? Should he argue with useless talk or with words that serve no good purpose? But you even undermine the fear of God and hinder meditation before him. Your iniquity teaches you what to say and you choose the language of the crafty. Your own mouth condemns you, not I. Your own lips testify against you. Were you the first person ever born, or were you brought forth before the hills? Do you listen in on the counsel of God, or have a monopoly on wisdom? What do you know that we don't? What do you understand that is not clear to us? Both the gray-haired and the elderly are with us, men older than your father. Are God's consolations not enough for you, even the words that deal gently with you? Why has your heart misled you, and why do your eyes flash as you turn your anger against God and allow such words to leave your mouth? What is man that he should be pure, or one born of woman that he should be righteous? If God puts no trust in his holy ones, and the heavens are not pure in his sight, how much less one who is revolting and corrupt, who drinks injustice like water? Listen to me, and I will inform you. I will describe what I have seen, what was declared by wise men and not suppressed by their ancestors. The land was given to them alone when no foreigner passed among them. A wicked man writhes in pain all his days. Only a few years are reserved for the ruthless. Dreadful sounds fill his ears. When he is at peace, a robber attacks him. He doesn't believe he will return from darkness. He is destined for the sword. He wanders about for food, saying, Where is it? He knows the days of darkness is at hand. Trouble and distress terrify him, overwhelming him like a king prepared for battle, for he has stretched out his hand against God and has arrogantly opposed the Almighty. He rushes headlong at him with his thick, studded shields. Though his face is covered with fat and his waistline bulges with it, he will dwell in ruined cities in abandoned houses destined to become piles of rubble he will no longer be rich his wealth will not endure his possessions will not increase in the land he will not escape from the darkness flames will wither his shoots and by the breath of god's mouth he will depart let him not put trust in worthless things being led astray for what he gets in exchange will prove worthless it will be accomplished before his time and his branch will not flourish. He will be like a vine that drops its unripe grapes and like an olive tree that sheds its blossoms. For the company of the godless will have no children, and fire will consume the tents of those who offer bribes. They conceive trouble and give birth to evil. Their womb prepares deception. Job chapter 16 Then Job answered, I have heard many things like these. You are all miserable comforters. Is there no end to your empty words? What provokes you that you continue testifying? If you were in my place, I could also talk like you. I could string words together against you and shake my head at you. Instead, I would encourage you with my mouth, and my consolation from my lips would bring relief. Even if I speak, my suffering is not relieved, and if I hold back, what have I lost? Surely he has now exhausted me. You have devastated my entire family. You have shriveled me up. It has become a witness. My frailty rises up against me and testifies to my face. His anger tears at me and he harasses me. He gnashes his teeth at me. My enemy pierces me with his eyes. They open their mouths against me and strike my cheeks with contempt. They join themselves together against me. God hands me over to unjust men. He throws me into the hands of the wicked. I was at ease, but he shattered me. He seized me by the scruff of the neck and smashed me to pieces. He set me up as his target. His archers surround me. He pierces my kidneys without mercy and pours my bile on the ground. He breaks through my defenses again and again. He charges at me like a warrior. I have sewn sackcloth over my skin. I have buried my strength in the dust. My face is grown red with weeping, and darkness covers my eyes. Although my hands are free from violence, and my prayer is pure. Earth, do not cover my blood. May my cry for help find no resting place. Even now my witness is in heaven, and my advocate is in the heights. My friends scoff at me as I weep before God. I wish that someone might arbitrate between a man and God, just as a man pleads for his friend. For only a few years will pass before I go the way of no return. Well, beloved, I have comments on both 15 and 16, so let's start with chapter 15. Eliphaz is as hard on Job as he was in the first go-round. Again, he makes unfounded accusations of empty talk, iniquity, lying. He continues by saying that Job is arrogant and self-centered and deluded, and he tells Job that his future is indeed going to be grim. I suppose that Eliphaz's motivation for this attack is to cause Job to turn away from his errant ways. But since Job is not the person that he's accused of being, Eliphaz's words are nothing more than hurtful and foolish. We should pray that we are never in Eliphaz's shoes when our friends need us. Let us prayerfully consider our words and ask God to help us see them as He sees them, and then hopefully we'll speak words of love and salvation. In chapter 16, Job finally tells his friends how he would be speaking to one of them if the tables were switched. He tells them that he would speak encouraging and consoling words instead of the hurtful, accusatory things they've been saying to him. He tells them that they've actually put him in a no-win position— If he speaks to them, it doesn't help because they twist his words and use them against him, and he feels worse. If he keeps quiet, they accuse him of being sullen. If he says he's done nothing wrong, he's charged with pride or lying. And if he doesn't answer their charges, his silence is taken as confession. Have you ever been in a similar situation as Job here? No matter what you say, your words are used against you. If you don't defend yourself, you're assumed to be guilty. I've been in that situation, and brother, let me tell you, it is no fun. I've lost many nights of sleep because of these kinds of accusations. It's good to remember that Jesus was wrongfully charged when he stood before the Sanhedrin and Pontius Pilate. On one occasion, he maintained a silence. On the other, he spoke without addressing the charges directly. In any case, he understands the heartbreak of the situation. At times like this, it's good to know that we have a Savior who understands. What do you think? I'd love to hear from you. Write to me at steve at lifespringmedia.com, leave a comment on the show notes page, or go to comment.lifespringmedia.com and comment there. Tomorrow we're going to read Isaiah 40-44. through 44. This day in church history, October 21st, 1555. That goes back a year or two. English Catholic Queen Mary Tudor begins a series of fierce persecutions against Protestantism in which more than 200 men, women, and children were put to death for their faith. Mary was startled to discover that martyrdoms only intensified Protestant zeal. And on this date in Church history, 1981, Dutch-born Catholic priest and educator Henry J.M. Nowen notes in Gracias, a Latin American journal, A true spirituality cannot be constructed, built, or put together. It has to be recognized in the daily life of people who search together to do God's will in the world. Prayer Requests Well, you know, we've been praying for Kathy for, uh, well, pretty much ever since the show began uh, this season. Uh, She's been battling cancer and uh, is uh, at uh, one of their daughter's homes uh, recovering until she can get enough strength to go home Because at home, there are uh, a lot of stairs, and she can't do the stairs. So this last Sunday, she was using her walker to get back onto the couch when she bent over to pick up a sock, and she forgot to set the brakes on her walker. So she had kind of a slow-motion fall. She tried to catch herself, but she went all the way down. Uh, Del says she appears to be okay, but has several bruises on her hip and her face. They had to up her pain medication a little bit, and she's pretty sore. So we need to pray for Kathy. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, again, we thank You and praise You that You are our God. We worship You and ask You to work in each one of our lives as we seek to know You better. We ask for Your presence in our lives and that You would guide us each day to be more like You. And I pray now for Kathy and thank You that her fall didn't result in any broken bones. Help her, Lord, as she recovers from the fall and and help her to gain enough strength so that she can go home. I thank You now for each one that's listening and I ask that you bless each one. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can submit prayer requests at prayer.lifespringmedia.com. I'll see you tomorrow, okay? Until then, may God bless you richly. Thank you for being here. I'm Steve Webb. Bye.